are now entering the smoke room featuring your boy King Mac. What's up, King Mac? I appreciate you. Brought to you by the Bad Guy Radio. Just a week ago, I laid to rest the White Sox. <laughs> and now, like the Undertaker, they are back. Mark Calloway. <laughs> I got two special guests for you. Ozzy Jr. and Oni. So how you boys doing? Well, if I, if I would have known that they were playing WWE music, I would have asked to be let out to... You know, I don't know Sean Michaels, Heartbreak Kid, or something like that. But uh, hey, man, we're doing good. I, like I was telling you earlier, I just decided I didn't know who you were. I decided to give you a follow on on Twitter because I thought your content and your tweets were were very very good. And I don't I don't follow you know random people. I thought that your content. I was like, who is this guy that keeps you know? It was it was thoughts behind the tweets, you know, because I know there's a lot of and I'll let Ozzy give his piece. There's a lot of uh, smart Chicago fans, and it's just nonsense when you see some of some of these tweets. Like what they say, there's no rationale. But obviously, our view is different. We grew up in the game. I grew up in a clubhouse, and I tell people all the time, I was like, "You'll never, you'll never know what that's like to live and breathe baseball every day of your life, to be around that many great athletes, and you see the game, you see the game totally different." So. When I read your tweets, and then you asked me to jump on, I know we tried a while back, but now I'm glad that I'm here. Yeah, I'm glad you're on too. I appreciate the follow as well. You know, how you doing, Ozzy? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, like you just said, right now, rest in peace. Uh, you know, this has been a really weird season for the White Sox. Um, when you look at this team mathematically, where they sit offensively, I know MLB Network did a kind of a, a, a special on them, which they never do. Um, they haven't in a long time, uh, for good or for bad. Uh, it was very scary when you see them where they're at statistic-wise. You know, um, I think it's been a season of finger-pointing. You know, pick your favorite uh, reason to blame the team. I'm one that I have my own finger-pointing happening as well. And I think when I was talking to Oni, I said, you know, this is – if I was in there and Ozzy, let's say Ozzy was the manager – and we did this every off season is you really have to look inside and say like, did we do it right? Okay. And there's no point. There's no, there's no shame in saying, we know we might've messed up. I know that they sold on the, you know, the rebuild and uh, you got the general manager coming on saying we're going to win the world series and there's, you know, power rankings and that's how social media runs today and, and people making bets. But you know, a lot of people made a lot of money in, in the media. Like, you know, this is the team and, they were having uh, sessions and uh, like community talks and they had the GM out there. So I, so I know there's a lot of people who are riding on this and maybe because you're coming off of 
you know, so many years of like not being great and you have kind of a COVID season that you don't really know anything, which I still think was a great year for them to make a run. Then they have an okay year last year with a horrible division and you play Houston, you kind of get slapped around, but you made the playoffs. They, they jump from like here to here. And I always say this about like, they think that they're this much to be the Dodgers and like so far away from being the Pirates and it's not realistic. So it's an interesting year because I really don't see how mathematically they're still in this race. But they're well, in it. Tonight, they're, 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 they're in it. They're in it because the other teams didn't run away with it. I mean, whenever you have three teams hovering over 500, you could tell that, you know, the, the, the World Series winner is not going to come out of the either of the AL Central or the NL Central. That's just the reality of it. And if you can't accept that as a fan, because I know fans always say, anything can happen when you get in. If I was a betting man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on a team in the AL Central winning the World Series. If they do, kudos to them. But how long – when was the last time the, the Twins won a playoff game? <laughs> it's been a long-ass time. <laughs> it's like 18, yeah, eight, 18. What's that, like 18 games that they've got. Again, though, hey, Tony, didn't, he, didn't Tony win the World Series with like an 86-win team? 83. Yeah, 83-win team. Yeah. That, team, that, team, that team also had prime Albert Pujols. That team also had Yadier Molina. If you could tell me who Pujols is and who Molina is, I'd be happy to hear it. Physically, it look, it look like physically or like producing? <laughs> Stat-wise. Oh, Frank Thomas is in the Listen, don't, anything can happen. That's just being realistic. But what I don't understand is how, and I'm speaking of the fan base, they don't like the, the they never liked the Tony hire. Even before they hired him, the fans were very open about that. So I will give them credit for that. It, the Chicago's been very vocal. No one liked the hire of Tony except you, my dad, us. We defended him because do I think a manager makes a difference? Absolutely. I think a manager creates an environment. I've been in many clubhouses with many managers. A manager creates an environment of we're going to kick your ass or they take the attitude of the manager. Usually that's how it works. And especially with guys, this team is not very – Season. What I mean by season is, I mean, Grandal, Abreu, everybody else is pretty new to this pennant race thing. Moncada, uh, Pantera, all those guys, Vaughn, Sheets. You, you don't, you take the, kind of the manager's attitude. And I think where Tony kind of got lost in translation that he doesn't do a great job is whether that be motivating, what do you transmit when you do your press conferences? When Tony does his press conferences, he, he is boring and he puts him to sleep. He generates nothing. He generates nothing. And that might work for a different type of group. But for this group, it looked, It seems like it hasn't worked. Lately, they're with Cairo. Maybe he's not as sharp around the edges. Things are not great. But that little energy or that little fire, that little rah-rah, sometimes that works for teams. And maybe the, maybe the Sox are better off down the road with a guy that gives them a little more energy or brings it every day i'll tell you man i'm 36 and i feel like i'm 100 tony's like 90 and he's got to talk to the media every day he's got to do that that stuff gets tiring pack a bag every three days go on the team plane he's saucing it up on the team flights he's drinking because you win he's drinking because you lose it's a long long season i know because that's one of the things that my family doesn't miss about the grind because you drink so much on the road, you party so much on the road, 
it takes a toll on you. Like you're just exhausted. And especially if you're in a pennant race, that's the everyday battle. And that's an everyday battle. And Tony has gotten his ass worn out. And I tell people, yeah, part of it is his fault, but it's also the front office's fault. It's also Pantera's fault. It's also Moncada's fault. Because at the end of the day, Tony doesn't go out there and pitch. Tony doesn't go out there and throw balls. He's an easy scapegoat if they fail. And before I get throw it to you, Ozzy, I told my dad this morning, I said, he's in a horrible situation. Horrible situation. Watch him come back. They win right now. Watch him come back and they start losing. They're going to blame him. It's a really no-win situation. But obviously the competitor in him sees the game. like, hey, man, I, I want to see this season through. I just don't think it's fair what the media and what the, the people in Chicago have painted it out to be. This guy, they're going to dump all the shit on him, and that's not right. I agree I'll with even, that. I'll even be honest with you, like, with the Tim Anderson situation right now, I'll, I'll look at White Sox Twitter and I'll look at different chat groups and I get the vibe. And they they want to replace him. Like, they want to act like like TA's been gone for, like, the whole year. You know, the, just because when, when he was in the lineup, they weren't winning – maybe one or two games less. They've been 500 the whole year. So it's like everyone's – I've never seen a team – and I'm a diehard soccer fan, Madrid. You got my – so I, I know what it is to live and breathe with a team. It's not my. It's not baseball. I, I haven't done that in a long time. But it's the first time ever where the fan base has gone like it, – it's just polarizing. Like a guy plays good for two days and they want, they want to build prisoners, – Prisoners of the moment. Correct, correct. So Elvis Andrews and Ozzy said – Ozzy Senior said, you know, he's a great shortstop, might be a great leader. Elvis Andrews is not 22 years old. So Tim Anderson has a lot of years left around him, and I still think that he might be a key piece to winning, but they want to get rid of him just because they're not getting results. And when you look at the Tim Anderson, you're like, wait, he did his job. So when you look at guys like, and you look position to position, everyone needs to start taking the blame. And then you got to see how this team is constructed. That's something no one's talking about i just There's never a lot of dhs and i and i've talked about this in private because i don't really uh, tweet much nowadays but i never liked the i never liked paying guys early without them having what do you what do you have to, what have you done for me lately i never liked you don't have to sign pantera you don't have to sign them you don't have to give them 80 million dollars you don't have to pay Moncada. that's a choice that Rick Hahn made, and obviously he's making it. He's taking a big gamble because baseball is hard. There's no guarantees. There have been Daryl Strawberries. There's been Raul Mondesi. There's been guys with way more talent than Pantera, way more talent than Moncada, way more talent than Eloy that have played in the big leagues, and they do okay, but they're not worth $80 million. Luis Robert got $80 million <laughs> playing two days in the big leagues. He's ever played more than 100 games, and I'm going to win that bet again this year that I said and that played more than 100 that, games. That, and then you think it's a bargain, but then you're like, this guy's not on the field. So at the end of the day, you, you might end up overpaying. You don't have to pay for these guys, but that was Rick's thing. He he took a gamble on T.A. It worked because T.A. basically played for free compared to what other short shots make. Yeah, yeah. They but can't say it didn't work. That was a solid deal for him. That's a solid deal. Yeah. TA's the one that gets... Solid deal for who? That's a robbery, man. Poor TA. <laughs> He's a new no, I'm talking pick. about 
TA deal was good for the organization. Hell yeah, and it was the good for the organization. The deal was, was good for the organization. By the way, when people say that Hobby Fire is $135 million. When TA, when everybody talks about why TA is so mad and he's upset, <laughs> there's a part of me that says, I'd be upset too. I'm going to work every day and everybody's pay, getting paid way more than me. And I'm I'm literally better than all of you. Were, you were the starting you were the starting shortstop for the American League. Yeah. No, correct, correct. And that's so 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 when you look at that and you look at the construction of it, I think that they have to do you, you gotta say, okay, let's 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 pretend that this is not Tony's not the man. And by the way, I don't want to interrupt you, but in the same thing I said for 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 Luis Robert, I'll say that for Fernando Tatis. I'll say that for Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. I'll say that for they tried the Cubs tried to do that with Chris Bryant, and Chris Bryant and his agent said no. He played his years in, in, in the Cubs, took his payday in Colorado. Yeah, I mean so, Albie's got robbed. I mean he's getting Albie's robbed playing with, for free too. With, with the and Acuna, and Acuna, yeah. yeah, some, yeah. Tough, and again, it's it's what you're going to do. So, but here's the part though that I wanted to touch on this when when you're looking at when when you when, when I saw Tony take over this team. So I, I was a believer that the White Sox clubhouse, okay, that Rick Renteria never lost the clubhouse. I really do think that Rick and them had a bond and that, and that's why I make comments on our page and I say, bring Ricky back so he can tuck the boys in because Ricky boys don't quit. Like, I literally think that they had a bond, you know, Rick and those guys were like really, really close. Same thing with like the former hitting coach. There was a bond. And I understand that because I saw that with Ozzy. And his coaching staff, Ozzy, Joy Cora, Brett Walker, Harold Baines, Don Cooper too, Judas, Judas as well, they all had a bond with their players on that team. So regardless of how they did in the coaching philosophy of it, those guys believed in those coaches. So Rick and those Rick had that before. Rick's problem was that he literally out, like literally lost a managing position because of how bad he managed in like a one-month span. Okay. So in my head, I thought that the White Sox thought process, okay, which I think that we were all wrong about it maybe, was this team is so good, okay, that it's going to be a Joe Torre New York Yankees situation where he's going to be able to sit back, relax, and let it ride out. And that has not worked because we misinterpreted the guys thinking that they were going to be mature enough and be able to grind enough to take it to the next level. And it's kind of like that Jerry Manuel to Ozzie Guillen. Jerry Manuel was a great manager. And the first thing Ozzie did when he got there was like, why did you guys get Jerry Manuel fired? Like, I know Jerry Manuel knows baseball. So there's got to be something deeper here. And, and, that, goes back, that, and that goes back to, to Matt. When you asked me, I think it was a, a message, like, hey, is it true that after the, the 04 season, uh, this happened? Like, they had a meeting, blah, blah. And it is true. It, the, the team, the way it was Carlos Lee meeting, the team, the, the way the team that was constructed with with Maglio, with Carlos, and great great friends of ours, great people, Jose Valentin. My dad was there for a year. He didn't like it. He says, "I can't win with these guys because for some reason they don't buy into win as a cohesive unit. It's more about them first and then the team." He's like, "Let me. We should build around uh, Paul Conurco. I like him." Burley, guys like that. And it the GM who was Kenny at the time, agreed with it, bought into it. My dad's like, What do you want? Uh, they asked him, What do you want? He's like, give me some speed. Give me some speed and give me some guys that can catch the ball with good pitching. And that's the route that they took. But what I think that this team, this White Sox team lacks, 
is accountability. That 05 team and that whole clubhouse for all those years until the latter part, they had guys like Jermaine Dye. They had guys like PK who would hold guys accountable. Burley, if you're fucking up, meaning you're not doing things the way we like them here, they're going to let you know. You don't run the bases. You're late to one of Ozzy's anthems or one of his rules. They'll get in your ass. That's what this team is missing. And I don't think Jose Abreu, because of his personality, I don't think he's that guy. Jose Abreu is a guy that just leads by example. And and the language barrier. I think Jose is a guy that leads by example. T.A., I'm not in the clubhouse. I'm just going from what I see and what I hear. Somebody messes up a rule, a your mean Mercedes, because the whole when that whole your mean Mercedes thing, T.A. backed up back your mean. He didn't get in his ass. He was posting on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Your mean's the one that's a triple A. He's done. But if you get a guy that says, hey, man, this is how we do things here. We don't show up people. We run the bases. Why aren't you playing today? 25 years old. Why are your legs are sore? Light a fire in your ass. Let's go. We're in a pennant race. And that's what leaders do. I'll, I'll be honest with you. How many times game is lacking? How, how many times do you think that these guys walked into Tony's office and said, Why are you not playing us? Like, did you lose it? I know that what, I know that what, I know that happened. I know AJ uh would be very, very pissed when he wasn't playing. And he told my dad, why am I not playing? My dad's like, because you're not the fucking manager. But at least he had the balls to ask. He had the balls to ask him, what's going on here? Say, hey, I don't take days off. These guys are taking days off, like, and obviously they're made of paper, but shape. They changed the game. They changed the game. When when I look at the slogan, change the game, (laughs) a lot of people took it. And again, we've had great players playing in Chicago and Major League Baseball, guys like Harold Baines, Frank Thomas of color. And I think the game has a lot of fun players when you look at the history. But I thought I thought that the slogan changed the game. It was literally was going to be. And I think people misconstrued it. I really thought that it was like, we're going to do it our way. Like, we're going to have as much fun and break every rule, meaning like we don't have to listen to a third base coach. We don't have to listen to, you know, a way to do things. Like, we're going to do the things so opposite. And it, has, and it has worked so bad against them that they're the worst hitting team with runner on third base. They're the worst hitting team if moving the guy over. They're the worst hitting team with less than two outs. They're the team that only gets singles. They're the worst team at walks. Like literally if there was no pitching on that team and did not strike goal with Johnny Cueto, this team would be in such trouble, okay? That's funny because the two guys that's saving them is is Cueto and Andrews. And Mendick, who got hurt. Two, two, like, three guys. Yeah, two, yeah, two, two uh, late signings. But the core of of Rick's plan, it's failed him. Yeah, I he mean, also, I well, hope but, change the game don't didn't mean that, especially if you're a baseball organization. Because to me, as a guy who loves to watch baseball, baseball is a disciplined game. To me, you got to play the game a certain way in order to win. So if they thought change the game mean you can do what the fuck you want and steam wheel. Well, that's what I mean, though, because change the game means a lot to a lot of people. And when you get Jermaine, people understand this, man. And this is where culture of the game and and baseball, like Tony was not telling Germinator, whoever the hell was swinging that moment, just because he didn't want to show up the other guy. It's basically saying, I'm going to I'm I'm the manager. So it's like when you're running and your coach has a stop sign. 
and you're like, F this guy, I can make this. And sometimes you might make, I'm going to give you a story, man. I got, and this is why I think the 2005 White Sox, again, they had success. That's easy to talk about those teams, but talking about players and culture, it's something that I learned a lot. You had a, you had a player in, in Carl Everett, okay, who, who had a lot of problems in other places, and he had a really bad reputation. But when he came to the Sox, you saw that it was a little bit misconstrued, and he was a guy that would just get on players' asses to do it the right way. You get a guy like Jermaine Dye who kind of was very chill in front of the cameras, very friendly, but in the clubhouse, he would get in your face of Ozzy never had to implement a rule. So we had Orlando Cabrera on the team in a team that won a playoffs, like went to the playoffs and Orlando Cabrera loved stealing third base, an amazing player. Most of the times he was safe. Jermaine, I told him the first time, Hey man, we don't steal third here when I'm hitting or when any of the big boys are hitting. He didn't, he didn't like, he wasn't comfortable with Orlando. You don't go without a steal sign. Like you're the only guy who doesn't have a steal sign here is, is Potsednik, but you don't steal here on your own. Oh, well, you know, this is, this is how I play. The next time he did it, they had an exchange of words like adults. Okay. So there's a, I think in those teams that had so much success, it was so much actual animosity and problems between guys like calling each other out that the camera never captured. Like I can name like 15 fights that nobody knows about where pe- player versus player, player versus manager, manager versus coach, coaches, like any combination that you want to put, but it was because they would hold each other accountable. So it was a thing that it worked for them. And on this team, sometimes I feel that that's what's lacking. So whoever comes in and takes the job, because I think that if Tony wants to come back, I don't think that he was the main issue. No, I think, I think, I think, I mean, you guys, I don't think he comes back for next year. By the way, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put this for you guys. King McInerney. This is what I think what happened in a Tony scenario. Tony thought that this team was so good that he said, I'm going to come back. Okay. And I am going to cruise. Now he's, now he's calling Jerry and saying, what mess did you got myself into? Because <laughs> these guys were not, as mature in the baseball world as, as we thought they were, you know, when it comes to that, because they came off a good year. And here's the thing though, they're still the same team. The only difference is that Cleveland, by the way, who is going to be very good for the next couple of years, because of, I think that their talent is actually very young and the twins are actually better than they were last year where they were horrible because of injuries. So like, did the White Sox really get worse or did the other teams in the division just play better. And here's a part, King Mag, that's scary. And Ozzy brought this up. Next year, you have like nine less games with your division. Because you're playing National League teams. And we saw that what happened with the Diamondbacks, who are a bad team. Yeah, no more. No more. Some, I don't think. Royals. I don't, I don't think that. I think when you look at the schedule, okay. Again, we, we were so fictitious. For the whole year, okay, and my dad's part of the show. On NBC, we were told we're going to wait for the easy part of the, of the schedule. It's a schedule situation. This is Major League Baseball. Like, we feel like we're playing like, oh, it's the easy part of the schedule. Like, this team got relegated two years ago. Like, any team can beat any team, especially in baseball, where you lose 40 games automatically. So in a pennant race, those games become more important. And that's my part is because – even good hitting teams are not going to hit, okay? But, like, when you can't execute a runner on third base, like the game in Seattle where everyone blamed Moncada because of the ball, the bad hop, you know, bad play in right field, no one backing up. And that's the easy part of blaming, but no one talked about that 
they came up a runner on third base and no one drove it in. Like, and that's happened consistently. So I literally feel like in the fan base world, and that's going to be the hard part because I don't want to be in, in that front office, in that table, because you might know that you might have to make some moves in order for you to get better that are going to be very, 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 very much hated by the fans. Mm. And you might have to do it, or you're going to be, you're going to make the wrong move just to make hey, the fans happy. Hey, and make hey, Matt, you think, you think they resigned a Brave back? Or I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Would you? He's the best. He's the best hitter on your team, numbers wise. Like if you look at the numbers, That's a very bad team. But by the way, yeah, bro, yeah. I mean it's a very I'm bad team. Mac, Mac, here's the thing though. He's yeah. always been the best hitter on the team. He hasn't done it with power. I, I gotta tell him, you my you full time DH. I mean, the thing is, can he hit for enough power to be DH? Like this team is no, power star. I mean, that's the question. But you're gonna go, but then you're gonna you you take a bats away from Elo at the eight. Then he's at left field. You take away a bats from Juan. They got a tough decision. I just know that I know Jerry loves loves Jose, and I think he's probably gonna want him to, to retire as a White Sox. Mm. So, so I, I have a question. I have a question to you guys. Let me let me say this. I wouldn't be mad if Jose come back. Do I think? Is necessarily the best decision to make? No, what but about, I wouldn't be mad Gilito? if he come back. What I, about Julio? Julio, no, I'm not a fan of Julio. I think Julio has a lot of. I think a little Julio has a lot of upside in the market. Um, where again, you might have to make a move that you might not want to just to make your team more complete, and he might be somebody that he got I was just. I was just telling King before we got on that the White Sox need to make it, like, I think historically they haven't been very good at that, where if you know you're not going to sign someone, okay, you can't hold on to them until the way end. It's better to maybe make a move early when they're at their peak in order for you to get a lot in return. I'm going to say this about a break. He ain't okay? at his peak. Not so that's what I'm saying, though. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> you, you can still get something for him. Like, he's an arm, yeah. he'll throw the innings. You'll get something. But here's you gotta the thing. You got to go. you, And that's our guy. But I'm going to be honest with you. And this is where a leader, quote, unquote. I don't think he's a leader. I'm, I'm saying, though, how much do you love, and I'm not blaming because Michael Jordan would have never done this. Kobe Bryant might have never done this. LeBron, he might do it. Hmm. Could Abreu, because Frank Thomas did it, by the way. Frank Thomas is a big hurt. When he won a ring with this team, he knew that he was not the everyday DH. And he knew that he needed guys to get him to the promised land. And he did hit bombs and he did help the team get a ring. And he finally broke down because again, at that point of his career, he was going through a lot of injuries, but he never complained one time because Ozzy was not playing him. Even in 04, he knew that. And everybody there knew that, that Frank was taking a seat back. He still being the greatest player to ever put the White Sox uniform, but he knew that he had maybe three years before that Frank doesn't do that. If Ozzie Guillen is not the manager, maybe Frank doesn't do that. But Frank Thomas took a role, a role position and said, you guys carry me. You guys take me to the World Series. You guys give me my ring. Could Jose Abreu, again, that would be an amazing player, come to the White Sox next year, okay, and play part-time, okay, and maybe play even better because now he's resting more and fill in because we know Eloy's going to get hurt. You know, we know other guys are gonna get you hurt. Know Robert gonna get hurt too. No, King, this, here's the thing: it's not a secret. Robert, Robert, Robert is a bank robber. 
No, he's four <laughs> years. He's gonna be, he's gonna be three <laughs> years. No, no, he hasn't played a hundred games. How, how, many, how, many, how many games do that? Could Abreu do it? Could Abreu do it? And I don't, I'm gonna be honest. Abreu, he likes to play every day. Uh, and by I the way, so by the way, so does everybody until they don't play. Well, I don't see, I don't see him being a guy that's gonna go and be like, you know what? I, I don't want to play every day. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna resign Abreu, and he's he gonna play first base every day. Yeah, they're gonna, gonna resign. They're gonna resign. Yeah, Jerry is loyal in that way. Yeah, he's they, loyal. They gonna, yeah, they're gonna resign him. My, my thing with Jose is. I used to think Jose was a leader. I don't think he's a leader anymore. Because when you look at, like, even his fellow countrymen, his fellow Cubans, it don't seem like they following him. It don't seem like Makata is picking up anything from him. It don't seem Wait, like Robert you guys remember the name is of picking Alex up Ramirez? anything from him. Yeah, you're right, because if, if, they, if they watch how if they watch how, how Abreu would play, Juan would be, you know, that's just not his style. Mm. And Moncada and Luis Robert are very – Polar opposites of what Jose Abreu is on the field. Yeah, you know who's been a great leader though. Like you can tell, and again, the body movement, and he doesn't do a lot like other guys do, which I'm not a fan of. Cueto, he does a lot in his pitchy stuff, but like he doesn't do a lot of celebrating or a lot of mm-hmm. like going nuts. But he this year, I think that he's made uh, he he's actually helped a lot, especially with the Latino players of like calling it like calling out like again. Moncada's my boy. I talk to him consistently, and I was happy. For his own career, that that Cueto said something about when he didn't block the ball or like he didn't make an attempt. Even if you know the ball's gonna pass, sell it, okay? Because everybody's watching you, especially in a pennant race. So I think that when you're looking at that, you see Abreu is a great guy. I hate when guys are are forced into the corner of you have to be a leader. He's had other younger players around him. Abreu during his tenure of leadership, Alexis Ramirez played himself out of baseball. Okay, same country. So just because you're from the same country. Or that you speak the same language. Juan Uribe was a leader on the White Sox. He didn't even say know how to say hi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but he everybody knew in the field that Uribe controlled the game at shortstop. Okay, so that when people say it's a language barrier, no, 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 no. You don't. The, when you're in your players, okay, and I'm talking about the people in uniform, not the people that wear really ugly Tommy Bahama shirts that are reporters <laughs> and the beat writers that all they do is eat up there, eat hot dogs, and just dress really, really bad and make nonsense comments on Twitter all day. No, 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 not those guys. Talk about the guys that put on the uniform. For those guys, language is not a barrier. You're not having deep conversations. If you know somebody plays hard and someone's the real deal and they have your back no matter what, Iguchi never said more than three words in English. And everybody in that room knew that Iguchi would do anything that was t- that was needed for him to win a baseball game. But he didn't have to have a deep conversation with PK. So the whole language barrier thing, and I'm a Hispanic person, and I was a team translator for a World Series team, that's all BS. Because players are going to communicate, especially when there's alcohol and there's bonding. Just like two guys with the same language, with the same background, won't look each other eye to eye. So I think that this team, if they make the playoffs, great. And once you're in the playoffs, I've always believed that, you know, luck and whatever, you can go deep in the run. The, the two things can happen if they get in. Okay, I've heard comments about Miguel Cairo is not the guy, and that's unfortunate. And this is why I'm going to say this: Miguel Cairo is a bench coach on a on a Hall of Fame manager. So stuff that he was doing, you can't blame it on Cairo because Cairo might have been telling Tony everything. And Tony's like, "Dude, shut up! I'm Tony Russo. We don't know that. Okay, we're not there." Miguel Cairo there has known the guys. He's seen this firsthand. This disaster. 
and he seems like to be doing it well. Is he well-spoken sometimes? Is he, no, again, he's a new manager. It's going to happen. But, like, when you are not even giving him a chance when he's doing well and you're throwing out all these names, including my father's, AJ's, pretty much anyone that Ron Karkovice, anyone the World White Sox uniform that player fans think that they want, they throw their name out there. But they don't mention Cairo. I think that if he gets him in the playoffs, even if Tony shows up at the end, even if Tony is the manager in the last game winning, because I think that he kind of changed that attitude, and that's why the Undertaker music was great. When Tony left, when Tony went home with this condition, okay, I said, man, this is gonna, this is gonna definitely like deflate the players. Why? You, you're like, I put that old man in the like, I sent that old man home because I can't perform. Like, I literally did that to a Hall of Famer, and Cairo came in and kind of like pick them back up and they, they're playing a lot better. So if they get in, I think that he needs to be considered if Tony doesn't come back. And I don't even know if Tony's going to come back because no one's seen Tony's contract. Has anybody seen Tony's contract? Nah. You can't Google it. You can't find it. So I don't think there's like a, I think it's like more of like a year to year. He's talking. They're like, Hey, you know, what do you, do you really want to do this? Again, at his age, every, he, it's gotta be a day to day. People are acting like he's signed for 20 years and people say, and people King, this is the part that I think is funny. <laughs> If Jerry was his friend, like his real friend, like a legit friend, you won't put the pressure of you managing a major league baseball team. You give him $10 million and say, hey, man, here's $10 million. Come to the game and sit next to me and let's drink and eat and have fun. And you can tell me everything bad about this team. You don't put the responsibility of being a major league baseball manager is not something that you give your friend for a $1.2 million. Like It's a job. Okay, that's a responsibility, especially when everybody's booing you and calling you names and you have to, like, you know, be the first of it. All I know is that before we jump off that, everyone that plays ball or that's played ball knows that just because you have a good nucleus of talent, there's guys that are good baseball players that can hit the ball 500 feet, catch, throw, run everything, but they're not winning baseball players. There's a difference between those two things. A baseball player can play baseball, show up, blah, 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 blah. And then there's winners. Then there's winning baseball players. What do I mean by that? They do things that don't show up on the stat sheet. They do everything it takes to win that game that day, whether that be get a guy over. They're not worried, concerned about more stats, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think the White Sox, I think they have a talented group of very, in, of very individual players, but collectively – I don't think there's a lot of guys in there that yet know how to play winning baseball. And what do I mean by that? Base running, doing the right things, getting the guy over, sacrificing themselves for the better of the team. I think they lack that, and I think good teams have that. And that's regardless of them getting the playoffs or not. Because I'm not I'm not one of those fans that think, no, they get in the playoffs, they're good. No, they're not. They're just a part, they're just a product of the division. They expanded the playoffs. Use your brain. Enjoy the ride because you should, as a fan, clap when they do, help boo when they don't. But be realistic about where you are with your expectations. Manage your expectations. I'm not disappointed because I, I said this from the beginning. I thought Cleveland only knows how I'm I feel disappointed. About, I call him Peekaboo. The only reason you're disappointed, Mac, is because of the hype of the offseason. No, I'm disappointed because honestly, I'm a Tony, I'm, I'm a Tony Larusa supporter. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, my first choice, as far as manager goes, I'll put that out right now, was Ron Washington when they was looking for a manager when they well, got rid of Renteria. But they got they hired Tony. 
people was bringing up stuff that had nothing to do with baseball as far as his off the oh, field issues. DUI I didn't like up. that. So I was a Tony supporter, but what shocked me was what you were talking about as far as like guys not being held accountable. I thought Tony would bring that to the team. And if you hear and if you hear Matt, did you hear my old man talk about Tony in nineteen eighty five? The guy was a, yeah, a lieutenant. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's what I thought he was bringing but, to the squad because the White but, Sox, this whole rebuilding thing to me, has taught them a losing culture because they weren't they wasn't trying to win. It was about losing to get the highest draft pick to get as many prospects in the system as you can get in the creates, system. It creates a weird environment. Yeah, it, exactly. So I thought Tony could come in and help correct that. And from what I'm seeing, I'm not in the clubhouse, you know, I don't know, don't have any sources, but from what I'm seeing is he's not doing that. He's I not providing. Not think he has the, I don't think he has. He's not that guy he was in 1991 mm-hmm. or in 2000. You know what? He's I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say this, though. King Mac, you know what? I'm disappointed. You know why? Because I, there's a part of me. So, like, I had a list of guys that would be great managers, and people are going to say, you had your father. No, I had a list. I thought Ron Washington, Dave Martinez before Rick Renteria. Uh, yeah, I, I hold Ron Washington to a very hard regard. He was a couple outs away, and Nelson Cruz not being in the outfield to win a World Series. Okay? Like, he was that close. Very successful coach. And he's a, he was a great manager with the Rangers. I thought that when Tony was going to come in, like, everybody was like, everyone's a good option. And as soon and – and people have a hard time understanding this. Bochi texts my dad. My dad takes Leland, Gardy. It's like you're in high school and you're in a special group. And all these former managers and current managers all text each other, like a rumor mill. Okay, like, hey, what job's opening? Like, are you opening for this job? Or who you up against? Oh, you got a shot against them. You got that. When everybody had rumors of, like, who's going to be the manager? And, every, and when they saw Tony, okay, get hired, everybody said, oh, okay, we get it. Okay, and in baseball circles, they were like, we're going to find out for how real these players are because we know Tony's not going to mess up on the X's and O, and we know Tony's not going to care about people's feelings. I thought Tony was going to come in here and be like, I'm old. I have nothing to lose. I'm coming after everybody. And if you don't like it, get off because from here, I'm going home and never looking at back at baseball. And a lot of people in the baseball world, like real hardcore baseball, were like, that's what they were expecting. When he went completely opposite – maybe to please the fans, maybe to leave a little different type of legacy. He knows that the game has changed a little bit. Everyone was like, why are you doing this? You're not being successful. Had he been successful, we're like, okay, he gets it because he, he Tony was the way up. He's more dusty now than he ever was. Like dusty now seems like the disciplinary, you know, it's like they switch complete roles in, in the way that like their careers went because dusty was like the fun loving one and he was always getting knocked for that. And now they switched. So in the baseball world, like, I'll give you an example. Ozzy was up for the runner-up in San Diego, okay? Everyone thought that he was going to get the job. Hey, Ozzy, the job is yours. Until we saw Bob Melvin sneak his head. Then everybody the said, we get it. It's Bob Melvin. So with the Tony thing, I think that I'm disappointed like you because I really thought that he was going to go down like the old Tony of like, I'm going to take a couple souls with me, but he has not. So I think that, again, I, that, that brought that part of it because, again, I'm a Tony supporter in the sense that I thought that he would not, he, the guys would respond better to him because of his attitude. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think regardless of what happened, unless they win the World Series, I think the White Sox need to make moves. I don't think they have uh, necessarily the 
type of players that can win you a championship. And I'm just being mm-hmm. honest about that. And some people favorite players gonna have to go. That's just the we, truth. We're gonna find out. And I just wrote Mac and I said before we jump off, I think we should come back here in two weeks and see how it ended. No, correct. I, I agree completely. And here's a here's a part though. I'm gonna be honest because again, right now the only player that's on my no trade block because I think he's so young and when he's proven is Cease. Mm-hmm. Everybody is on the trade block. Okay. I'm not putting no everybody's open game. And this is a funny part because we know the guy that's the leader in that franchise, meaning in the baseball side. We've seen his meetings. He's made comments like that before. So I don't know if he's told the team and the players that like everyone's job is like you're replaceable. Okay. Like, so I don't know if the players know that, but I think that if they don't win the World Series, I think the only thing that fixes this horrendous season is the world series if they don't win the world series i think that you're gonna have major changes because if they come back with the same cast and just a different face in the manager i think that it unless they win and win often it might be one of the scariest years for white Sox fans and white Sox twitter because they're gonna come out because they're at the gates right now like they don't i've never seen and i'm 38 years old been been memory of white Sox as I've been like four years old, four or five. And I have never seen the fans act the way that they are now. I never seen them boo a manager where they say, fire him out loud. Uh, I've never seen them, you know, sell the team to Jerry, which again, uh, hold Jerry to high regards. And it's gotta be very painful to see people screaming, you know, sell the team, uh, you know, like night after night. So there's things that are happening in the Chicago world of baseball in the South side that is like brand new that you've never seen before. Well, you got a lot of, as I like to say, the South side is changing. This is becoming a little bit more softer too. You got more of a corporate aspect to it now too. You got a lot of people who not actually from the South side that's showing up now. So it's a, it's a different type of culture. I mean, you know that you've been around the South side for a long time. Before, here's the thing before, before White Sox fans, like this is the funny part. If this was like 10 years ago and this team was in the fight, even at 500, the fans would have been like, this is our team. You know, we don't give up. We're fighting. Like, we're struggling. Guys are out there with one leg and one arm. This team is, the fans are completely different. They're like, you didn't win the division by 25 games. You're horrible. So, like, the 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 attitude, again, when I hear fans talking, I think that being part of the White Sox and growing up with the White Sox, I always make fun of it. Can you guys give me your, your can you give me your uh, predictions? Because I got to run. What I think is going to happen in these next two weeks, and then we can play this back. I think they take the lead. They overtake. They go in the first place by like a game, and then they lose it in the last six games of the year, which would even be more gut wrenching. I just those last six games. Does Tony imagine the last six games? Yes, yes. Those last six games. The Sox play the Padres and they play the Twins, and the Indians got the Indians got the Royals for six games in a row. So that's kind of like the Sox are doing the you know the easier games over in Colorado, but the Indians end with a pretty pretty light schedule, six against Kansas City. So it's gonna it's gonna go down to the wire, and if they all end up tied with the same record. The, the Guardians get in because of the better head-to-head. 
so we we'll have to see what happens. So what you saying? The White Sox not gonna make it? That's your prediction? Well, I said I said they weren't. I said they weren't a playoff team since the beginning of the, like before the season started. Wait, did Ozzy take them at plus eight hundred? Plus three fifty. But it's better for everybody if they make it because we can do shows like this and we can talk about it and Twitter will be make money you know, off of it. And Twitter, no, will be- I, I think that there's a part of me that says they're going to make it and they're going to celebrate. But I think that these next three days, including tonight, uh, Cleveland is playing head to head versus the Twins, and the Sox have the the Athletics. I've been to Oakland. Okay, bad things always happen in Oakland. I know yeah, Marcotte. I know Marcotte is going to come place. out. Weird place. Weird place. So I'm like, I'm a little worried. If this series, if they don't come out, oh, if they don't, they 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 got to win. Yeah, they got to win. They got to win. They got to win that Oakland series very comfortably. And then if they don't take the first place in that moment, I think it's gonna be very hard for them to do it afterwards. Like this is it's a hard. It's hard to make up games. Like so. yeah, this is a moment because you're gonna be playing head to head. This is a moment. The White Sox need to go in there and just sweep. Have the position player pitching the first day. Matt, what do you think? Right. If they don't do that, it's done. I hate to do it, you know, because a friend of the show think they're going to make it. But I laid their ass to rest last week, and, and, I'm, and I'm still keeping their ass laid to rest. I'm not going to lie to play, you. Play that undertaker. <laughs> I'm laying their ass to rest. Uh, this the smoke room, man. Before you get out of here, man, you got somebody you want to get some smoke to only. And they don't fire yet. <laughs> You want to give give some smoke? You know what? White Sox Twitter, man. Like I've never seen so so much. You know what's funny? I will say this: it's funny how people that have never played the game at any kind of level try to tell people you don't know what it's like to kick ground balls. Some of these guys are out there talking about the team they never even played high school baseball, and they talk like matter of facts. I'm like, relax. Like, relax. Everybody's out there. Ain't, no, ain't nobody trying to strike out or, or make errors. The game is very, very hard. I just don't like it when, when, when you see certain people in, in the media talk about the game like it's like easy. Fans are fans. They're going to be fans. But just because you work on TV don't mean you know how to play the game or, even, or what goes around it. So, I that's it. Some good smoke. What you got for him, Oz? You know what? I think that um, I- I'm disappointed because, again, we-, we had a guy last week in, in Louis Robert who, again, we don't know what's wrong with him physically. I know that he's hurt. I- I've been told by guys that I'm close with in the team, you can figure out who told me, that he's hurt, man. The guy's hurt hurt for real. And-, and-, and baseball's changed. There's no more pain pills like there used to be back in the day. Guys are not built the way they were built. How do you mean built? Guys knew that they had to play 152 games to get paid. He already got paid. So playing with pain, some guys just don't tolerate it. And fans were mad that he wasn't playing at first and they're doing the same thing with, with Grandal and other players. But now they're they're pissy because they're playing them hurt. So it's like, what do you want? You want them not to play hurt or you want them to play hurt? Like you can't decide which one you want. Like you can't go one day and say, don't run the bases, you're going to get hurt and then get mad when the guy doesn't hustle down. Like they need to make up their minds of like, What's this team? Like, I already said this. For next year, if you want to make this team all go out and be fun and, like, just be wilding out, trade for Schism, the kid from, from the Marlins, okay? Bring all speed. Bring Ron Washington, okay? 
just make it like fun loving White Sox. They'll be doing cartwheels to home plate, trade for all players like that and ride it out. Okay, and, but if it's going to be the opposite and whatever it is as a fan base that you're going to do, just stop crying. Like you're, you're two games out. Okay, you could be comp- you could be Boston right now. All right, you could be. There's a lot of teams that were supposed to be amazing and are doing horrible. So you're two games. At least you're going to ride it out to the end. Enjoy it, because uh, if you do, it's going to be a surprise. And if you don't, we've known this since June that we're probably not going to make it. So you just got to ride it out. And I first want to thank Izzy and Oni for coming on. But I'm giving my smoke to Rick Hine, man. I mean, you knew knew the past few years that certain guys on this team couldn't stay healthy. Uh, They haven't been healthy since they've been up in the major leagues. Some of them haven't even stayed healthy in the minor leagues, you know what I mean? So for you to rely on these guys to help your team win, I think is a, a failure of your duty. I'm not even going to lie I think uh, you put this Organization uh, In a bad Light as far as Not going now to get Enough talent that could You know kind of replace some of these guys When they do get hurt And I think you're getting a fucking pass Because for whatever reason the media Like you I don't understand why they like you But they fucking like you so King, King, I'm going to tell you something real quick. Quick smoke. You know what's so disappointing? Tony DeRusso goes home with a health condition that happens to a lot of people. It was sad. This guy's a Hall of Famer, a loving guy. We want him to wish him the best health. And no one from the leadership came and talked to the media. They left it to poor Miguel Cairo, first day as a White Sox manager, to deal with this issue. That's the problem. If you're going to be on the front of the camera to take all the credit and not do it when they're hurting... I like your smoke. That was a good one. Absolutely. All he want to do is talk that lawyer talk. And with that being said, Bag Out Radio out.